I wanted to convey that I'm also guilty of comparison sometimes, and I'm also guilty of being triggered and feeling bad when someone else is winning and you feel like you're doing everything that you can. So to me, that's my definition of fully exposed is like you don't know what people have gone through to get to the victory that you see, the highlight reel on social media. And I know we've talked about this many times, but it's really important that when things trigger you, you ask yourself why. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. (laughs) And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle. And I'm Eddie. How's it going? And this is episode number 59. We're almost at an even round 60. And that, we're going to have a significant, we're going to talk about how significant 60 is. Because 59, I don't oh think God. it's anything Here special. Here you go again with your sports numbers. I, it's nothing to do with sports. You know, people are, there's, what is it called, numerology? There's, uh-huh. there's people who are really into numbers and numbers like tell their future before anything does. And do you believe in that? Uh, not necessarily, no. Um, what do you believe in, Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> well, you made it sound like it was an equivalent of well, believing no, in numbers. Well, no, it's just like, because people <laughs> think you, you have to believe Jesus? in one or the other, yeah, right? I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a man of faith. Yes, I am. Yeah, but does that mean you can't be open to possibility, like with the coincidence of numbers and like the moon and alignment and stuff like that? You know, I don't know. I, I, I guess there's, to me, that, it seems like it's pretty way out there. Like, okay, the moon, you know, what about, like, I, I do believe, I do believe like the, the earth being in a certain position in the moon. And I think it could affect. Cause Jesus like, made that happen. Yeah. I, I guess you could, you could say that <laughs> it could affect like the weather. I don't know oh, if it could affect oh you, how gosh. you feel necessarily. I think how you feel is, is up to you. Well, fun fact, a couple of years ago, one of my friends, Lisa Carpenter, she's um, great. She's really into like signs and stars and what do you call it? Retrograde and like all that stuff. I don't even know what it's about. Retrograde? Retrograde, yeah. Like retro, am I saying, why are you looking at me like that? Maybe I'm saying retrograde is something else. Okay, well, now you have me second guessing my whole (laughs) life, but something about the moon. Anyways, she had posted that it was like one of the biggest, most fullest moons, or obviously it had a name. And she said, you're supposed to go outside. Uh, well, you're supposed to make a list of all of like your insecurities and stuff you want to release and things that are holding you back, whether it be fears, whatever, whatever. And then you are supposed to like go outside during this full moon and burn it. And I was like, oh, that seems fun. Yeah. So Jordan and I did that. I don't think it was like something sacrilegious where we were like, oh, we're choosing the moon over Jesus. I think it was just like, this is a fun thing to do. (laughs) And if you burn your insecurities and it makes you a better person, I'm all for that. Yeah. I I mean, can't you just do that on like a Tuesday? Yeah, you can. (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty sure it was a Tuesday. And I'm pretty sure if I needed to like let some heaviness go, I would do it tomorrow if it was a Wednesday, you know. But anyways, okay, I have a what in the world. You ready? Yeah, go ahead. Y'all should see our house. Oh, God. 
you should see our house. So we're recording this on day one of a full demolition day. Mm -hmm. And it's insane. Like our house inside is down to the studs. They've actually removed some of the studs on the roof, like the ceiling. Right. There's no ceiling in our house. You could see the top of like the inside of the roof. Yeah, which seems like not safe. I feel like something's going to follow me, but you know, I guess it's part of the process, which this is kind of related to today's episode. So what's the name of today's episode? Fully Exposed. Fully Exposed. And, you know, it's interesting because... Sounds sexual. It's, <laughs> it's not, I promise. <laughs> it, I think it, it's, you know, and maybe we have two different takes on it, which would be interesting. So this is what happened. We were driving home and we said we need to record a podcast. And we both decided that we were going to choose the title fully exposed and we were going to talk about how that well it was inspired because of the remodel like the house right. like i said is down to the studs and we're talking about like the transformation you've got to strip things back down yeah. to the studs sometimes and be naked during transformation Cause I, was like, I feel like this whole process of remodel is like a metaphor right it's like you're trying to get to this destination like what you really want this beauty, your dream kitchen, your dream kitchen, whatever it is, but you must go through this experience where shit looks jacked up, right? Right, and and you're having a tougher time with it than I am. Oh yeah, I, I told you. I said, I said, you know what? I I really like what the bathroom looks like, but I just do not like the the process yeah, of getting there. I have waited so long for this. I'm going to enjoy literally every. Yeah, moment. that's what she said. She said, just enjoy like. Enjoy process. the fact that we get to do this. Okay, yeah. so before we get into this a little further, I want to read what I posted today, and you guys can go back and check it out. But I want to read it because this is my idea of fully exposed. Okay. So I posted this today. You haven't even seen my Instagram. So it says, uh, it was a picture of our demolitioned house, right? And it says, we saved and prayed for money to be able to remodel our house for 15 years. 15 freaking years. Yeah. I hated everything about our bathrooms. They were old and dingy. I hated our kitchen. They literally had uh, this. Is, I'm ad libbing a little, but the our kitchen tile is like those individual tiles from the 70s. And there are literal recipes on the tiles in our kitchen, Which you guys. have come in handy for They have never come in handy. They're like three <laughs> ingredient recipes. I hated the big ass stage of a fireplace that was in our living room that mm -hmm. took up 16 feet of our floor, which that was, was just bright massive. ass red when we first moved in. And we painted it brown. <laughs> but we were house poor when we moved in. We had a $5,000 mortgage and we just simply couldn't afford to spend any money on renovations. And can I just, and I'll let you get back to that, but you said something earlier, I think that was important. And it really, it was about normalizing, right? So- like 15 years. Are you going to take away my whole point? I'm not. But what I'm saying is, is that we didn't do anything. And then all the things that you were upset about or didn't like, we normalized and we just kept it. Mm -hmm. We didn't make any changes and we didn't do anything. But yeah, I want to get back to that Yeah, because we were house point. poor financially. Right. But even to a place where we could have probably maybe taken some risks, we didn't. We, right. we kind of just, but I'll let you get back to it because I just want to, I want people to capture these, these little learns. Okay. So back to me. Okay. Fair. Okay. Fair. Okay. Back to my post. I'm sharing this because I'm aware that nearly 14 million people are currently jobless in the U.S. right now. And that might be you. In 2009, during the last recession, we lost everything, too. Our jobs, our income, we filed bankruptcy, and we almost lost this house, too. I know what it's like to be on both sides, and we've talked about this many times during this pandemic, right? 
Yes. Are you yes. part of this conversation? I am. I'm just taking notes. <laughs> God. So this message isn't <laughs> about a fancy privileged remodel. This message is to encourage you that anything is possible. Throughout the years, I've seen many of my friends and people that I follow on major um, on social media do major home improvements to their homes. They used to trigger me and make me feel hopeless because I felt like I was never going to be able to redo my own house. And then I put hashtag comparison kills. If this is you and you're feeling stuck, discouraged, and helpless, stay in faith, my friend. Stay in action and be encouraged. Where you are right now is not your arrival. It's not your forever. It's just temporary, and you won't be there for eternity, even though it may feel that way right now. I hope this message serves you, especially if you feel triggered when other people look like they're completely winning and you feel like you're completely failing and drowning. Yeah. And so the reason I wanted to put that is because now more than ever, you know, we're maybe getting ready to embark on another what looks to be like a recession. And I remember being on the other side in 2009 and just feeling like, God, we really screwed up like financially or we put all of our eggs in one basket because we both worked for the same company and like that, everything was gone, mm-hmm. right? And so people are going through that right now. And I know what it's like now to be on the other side where people are losing their jobs, but we've learned from 2009 and we're in a position now where financially it's a good time for us to start this renovation. Right. Make no mistake, this renovation costs a shit ton of money. But what I didn't want to happen was I didn't want one person to watch me talk about this remodel in the stream kitchen and feel like it came from a place of privilege. I wanted right. them it came from to 15 years in the making. <laughs> right. I, that, and that's what I wanted to convey. Yeah. I wanted to convey that I'm also guilty of comparison sometimes. And I'm also guilty of being triggered and feeling bad when someone else is winning and you feel like you're doing everything that you can. So to me, that's my definition of fully exposed is like you don't know what people have gone through to get to the victory that you see the highlight reel on social media. And I know we've talked about this many times, but it's really important that when things trigger you, you ask yourself why. Like if we have a friend who wrote a book and I was like, oh, why am I? Why is this pissing me off a little bit? I totally want him to win and succeed. But I also knew that I was triggered because I've been wanting to write a book and I've been sitting on it and I haven't taken the steps to do it. And I haven't put myself in a position where I'm even close to publishing that book. Right. Right. So then you find this place where you just find this acceptance and this radical responsibility. And you go, oh, if I want those things, I have to show up differently. Yeah. And so that's kind of my version for you guys. The message of Fully Exposed is I don't want you or one single person to see our remodel and think, again, that it comes from a place of privilege. It comes from a place of extreme hard work, lots of hustle, lots of risk taking and a lot of savings. Right. And so, like, it's interesting because I have two kind of definitions when it comes to fully exposed. Right. So one, when you think about like 2007, you think about the recession, the the great recession, mm-hmm. and you think of so many people were exposed for either poor behaviors and, and habits like us, like right? Us. Spending habits mm-hmm. and uh, lack of manage- money management. And so you're fully exposed because your weaknesses now are 
a public display because mm-hmm. now you are publicly failing, right? Mm-hmm. And whether it be filing bankruptcy or losing something, you know, a property or some sort. So that that's a fully exposed moment. Well, can which I just can I want to tag on that, hold on, which could lead to tremendous turnaround and tremendous growth because of the fact that, and we just had a, a conversation on live about this, where. You get so much clarity a lot of times uh, when you lose everything, mm-hmm. right? Or mentally you lose everything from a standpoint of the things that you are attached to are no longer there. And now you really have an opportunity. If you're paying attention, if you're fully, if you're being fully aware and being a present for your exposure, you can actually learn something and actually pick up something new like the bakery, like a different career or whatever it may be. And so the second definition is, I think, when you are at a point where you're trying, you're intentionally trying to better yourself and make an improvement and adjustment in life. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that with a facade. You can't do that being fake. You have to do it fully exposed. Because, what do you mean by that? Like you have to strip down the things you think you know in order to become a student again, mm-hmm. in order to become a person that's ready to, to take on new challenges and ready to take on new uh, learnings. I think you have to be fully exposed. You have to be completely vulnerable in order to actually grow. And so I'm looking at this transformation in, in, in our home and I'm like, okay, this is a metaphor for me to, to take in and say, if whatever growth spurt that I want to have next, I have to strip things down to get fully exposed, to be fully vulnerable so that I can actually allow myself the space to grow, mm-hmm. right? Our house can't be remodeled in a place of comfort you can't just put stuff on top of stuff that's already kind of finished, even mm-hmm. though it's old. You, you know, you don't just build out. You got to break it down first. You got to mm-hmm. strip it to its bare bones. And that's the only way you can actually create something new. Well, and here's one for you. Not only do you strip it down to the studs, but sometimes some of those studs need to be replaced. Yeah. And because so those, they and, have termite damage or water mm-hmm. water. And those, rot. And those are stinking thinking right there. That's your belief system. Right? I hate when you say that, by the way, you sound <laughs> <That's>, 80. <laughs> but that's your belief system. So like if you're sitting here listening to the push podcast right now and you're like, I'm fully exposed right now because either the, the external world has given me that exposure because of I'm I've been I lost my job or whatever the case may be, or I want to grow, I'm fully exposed. But like Janelle just said, I think that's a really great analogy. If you've got studs that are rotten to the core, mm-hmm. you can't use them. You yeah. got a new you need a new foundation. So as you're listening to this, we are in the middle of three week back to basics workshop that yeah. we're teaching for those that maybe are pivoting in life. Like I was again back in the recession in two thousand nine. I you know, we filed bankruptcy, we lost our jobs, and I just didn't know what to do. And so to avoid, I don't want to say depression, because I don't know that I I ever felt like I was going to slip into depression, but you could get lost in your thoughts and yeah. just feel miserable and be sad and feel like, why is this happening to me, right? But I knew that in order for me to move forward to the next thing, I needed to be open and responsible or responsive to whatever opportunities could come my way. And I feel, back to Jesus, I feel like God wants you to take a step and then he'll illuminate another step for you. Uh, Absolutely. And so I kind of just arrived at acceptance, like, okay, well, God said, you know, you can't have your good credit right now and you can't have your comfy corporate jobs and you made all this money, but what did you really do with it? We didn't have the best spending habits, right? right? 
And and just to clarify, like we both made well over $100,000. Like we had so much money coming in. Granted, our mortgage payment was $5,000. We live in Southern California, but we had kids in gymnastics and we were just, you know, overextending ourselves. We weren't saving a nest egg. And so I think that- We were living for the moment. We were living for the moment, <laughs> telling ourselves that we deserved a vacation because we worked hard, you know, and all of those things. So if you are in a situation where your finances are not all that great, I'm just going to tell you the Copelands have been there. <laughs> and what it took was for us to get stripped down to our studs. Mm-hmm. Like literally God, the universe, whatever you believe in, Buddha, Allah, had to say, you know what? You're not really doing well with all this. So I'm going to take it from you. And I'm just going to humble you a little bit. And hopefully you learn your lesson. You pivot and you start to rebuild Yeah, from a place of good structure, good foundation. Yeah. Right. And we can't discount the fact that it is completely scary to be fully exposed. Right. And what I mean by that is like, back to the analogy of the house, as I walk through the house, I'm looking up. Because I'm right. like, is something going to drop down on oh my, my head? Oh, my like, the, Guys, I'm, uh, when I say we don't have a ceiling in our hallway, there's no ceiling because my lovely wife wanted to raise the roof, literally. Right. Mm-hmm. And so Good analogy now, for life also. <laughs> and so now we're thinking, oh, my God, is there going to be little critters trying to get in our house mm-hmm. because everything's fully exposed? Like You just hit me, though. That was a good analogy. Like We're trying to break the ceiling of yeah. generational financial ruins. And now the house is more symbolic to me. Right. But so you know, we're raising the, the roof. Exactly. And back and then here's the thing. You can't raise the roof without breaking the roof first. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think I, I just wanna it's like for me, I've been like sitting back and I just been kind of quietly looking, uh, wow. Yeah, this is the process. Yeah. And I was joking and, and like, but I, you know, no, at the same you don't time. Really want it. Yeah. No, at the same time I'm like I, I was analyzing myself and saying, I really don't like this ugly part. You know, mm-hmm. when you're trying to grow your hair out, that that ugly stage, right? This like is a the, mullet? <laughs> <laughs> right, but this is the ugly stage of trying to redo your house. But I just kept thinking, like, can I handle it for myself? Can right. I, Am I willing to strip things down? And so somebody right now is listening to this and, and feeling really good where they're at in life, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they have the career they want. Maybe they have the business they want. But if they're looking to go to another level, the que- the question is, are you willing to strip everything away in order to create room and space? So that's the thing. We're getting ready to launch our 10th, uh, what, our 10th <laughs> round of Passion to Profit, which is our uh, eight-week course where business owners that, again, if you're pivoting, maybe you lost your job and you want to start a business, maybe you've been like our friend Andrea Soto, who's had a bakery for 12 years or had a business for 12 years and was just kind of losing her mojo and her purpose. Passion and Profit enrollment's going to open in a couple of days. And this is a perfect opportunity for you to strip down to the studs. Yeah. And actually, the very first session that we do, uh, which is going to take place early November, that's the whole entire message that we're coaching all of our new students on is you have to be vulnerable. Like you cannot go through, you can't embark on a new journey, especially something like coaching where you say you want to get better, but you're a know-it-all or, oh, that just doesn't apply to me. Oh, I've heard that. Oh, this and that. Oh, they don't understand my financial situation. So how could I ever save for my dream business? Right. You know, how could I afford something like this? Well, the thing is, is you have to be willing to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation and say, 
am I exactly where I want to be right now? And if the answer is no, then you have to let someone guide you to strip down, get uncomfortable, and really start to look at your structure. Because a lot of the ideas and limited beliefs that we're going to uncover in that first session, people are going to be in tears because they're going to realize, oh my God, I walk around and I'm upset all the time and I carry all this comparison and this negative energy towards people that are winning and it's just because I don't feel fulfilled in my life, right? Yeah. But nobody wants to talk about not being fulfilled. Everybody wants to live this Instagram life and pretend like, you know, they've got a filter on 24-7 and that their life is perfect. And it's and, not true yeah. and, and it's, for it's anyone. The wonderful, discreet power of normalizing is so prevalent a lot of times. And a lot of times you're walking around angry, frustrated, mad, and you've made it normal. Mm-hmm. Like you made it, that's your, your mood or your, the people in your, in your family know that's your mood and that's who, that's mm-hmm. what they wake up or they don't know who they're going to get in, in the right. day. Right. And I think that we see tears because anytime you break someone's normal, mm-hmm. what they end up doing is they end up saying, oh my God, I was creating this. Right. right? And, Do you and remember that is a, a time hard, a hard thing to really swallow. When we started like developing ourselves and reading and learning mm-hmm. and trying to grow together, do you remember a time where you had some big moment like, oh shit, I do this. Like this is me bare bones, like down to the root. And this is something I learned about myself and it doesn't feel good. Do you remember what that was? I want to say it was probably listening to some like Les Brown or mm-hmm. something. I, I'm trying to remember the exact moment. You know what it, you know what it was? I remember the first time I I heard Earl Nightingale, mm-hmm. and it was The Strangest Secret. Which is awesome. You guys should right. listen to it on YouTube. And it's like 19 minutes. Mm-hmm. There's two and, parts. And when he said, men don't think. Mm-hmm. And then everything Meaning else- men that he, and women. Men and women, yeah. Uh-huh. And everything else he said kind of put it all together, and how he was equating t- it to your income. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking, wow, like- is that me? Am I like just kind of this robot that's not mm-hmm. thinking and not necessarily really being purposeful with my mm-hmm. life and really striving for things? Yep. And have I gotten to this just kind of robotic? And I had. Yeah. And I felt like I had gotten to this place where I you were was stuck. seeking I was seeking comfort. And then when you find out comfort is not making comfort kills you. Comfort kills you, but it also can kill your relationships. It also it also can yeah. jeopardize many things in your life. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden I think that's when you get into a rut because you work to get to comfort mm-hmm. and then you find that comfort is, is is sabotage. Right. And then you go, I don't even know how to get out of this. And I think that that's important. That's something I talk to a lot of our students about a lot. It's like you're trying to pray the pain away. You're trying to pray your problems away. And what you don't realize is like comfort breeds death. Like you yeah. are going to the die if you're killing. trying to search for comfort. Yeah, comfort kills you. It and really when I does. see it in other people, so I, this I just, is what I mean I'm by that. Like, though. Oh my god, don't comfort do it. kills people. <laughs> I went to the bank today, and I don't know if the girl at the bank listens to the podcast. If she does, shout out, she'll remember this. But um, I asked her how she was doing, and you know what she was up to, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I just gotta, I gotta get better with my health. Like I've got to lose some weight." And I was like, "Yes, yeah, sis. You know, I think every woman is like." trying to do that. Me too. I'm trying to get better at cleaning up my diet, this and that. And she's like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't have the time to plan. And you know, I don't do this. And you always can hear it in someone else, right? Yeah. You don't, uh, so I was like, do you have kids? Are you married? No, I don't have any, like, she's just didn't have time though. Right. Right. 
And so then I said, well, you know, here's the thing. Successful people, whether you're successful in finances, uh, you're successful with time management and productivity, whether you're successful with your weight, your health, and your fitness, successful people, they are scarce with their time, their money, and their health, Mm -hmm. right? You make it a priority and you're dedicated and you say no and there's restriction. That doesn't mean oh my God, if I go on a diet, I could never, ever have hot wings and a slice of pie. But it does mean, (laughs) I said, if you are wanting to be a fit person, what do fit people do? Yeah. And she said, they make their meals. I said, yeah. So it's that simple. Like if you really wanted to be great with money, you wanted to build all this wealth, you got to start by saving. Yeah. Right? You do what successful people with their money do at a smaller level, right? You want to be in great shape and you follow all these fitness chicks on Instagram, but you got to do what those fit women do, (laughs) which is they're probably eating healthy 90% of the time. And then 10% of the time it's your birthday, have a piece of cake, whatever. But you have to start doing what successful people do if you're looking for success. And and and, that, and, and so ahead. I was just going to say my thing when we started learning about personal development, it hit me like a ton of bricks that I had a poverty mindset and I lived in scarcity. Mm. I grew up in a house where there was never enough and it was always like survival mode. And so, yes, I know how to hustle. Yes, I know how to make money. I know how to how to make a penny stretch, right? But I always was coming from a place of there's never enough, like with our house, right? We were spending money that we made and there was never enough to do a remodel. There's never enough for this. Mm-hmm. And then what I learned after discovering I had a poverty mindset was if you look at money like it's abundant and it's a river and it flows and all you got to do is put your hand in or your can in or whatever you want, and it's just going to flow to you, it feels more attractive. It feels better, but you still have to put your hand in, right? You still have to have a cup. You still have to have a means for collecting the water. And so to me, the means for collecting the water was what skills do I need to develop? What habits do I need to recreate so that way I can store the water or the money, right? And I think that the reach is the vulnerable vulnerable part, right? right? You may put your hand in that pond or in in the flowing river of money and pull it back and nothing is there, Mm -hmm. right? But because you don't know how often you have to You don't know how to catch it. You don't know how to catch it. Right. Maybe you don't have the skills. Maybe you you think that you got to throw, like they, I guess that it's the old Buddhist uh, thought or analogy where you, they say to grab the water. Uh And the only way you can actually put water in your hand is if you keep your hand open, Uh right? Instead of like punching the water and Mm -hmm. trying to grab it. But I I really wanted to, to, to touch on something because- when we're talking about being fully exposed, we in the fitness industry, like I remember very vividly when people would come in and I know what people who are going to get results. I know mm-hmm. people who are not right. people who are hiding like this young lady who you were talking to at mm-hmm. the bank was fully exposing herself that she needed to lose mm-hmm. weight. She had to accept the fact that I'm not where I want to mm-hmm. be. I used to hear people and I would say, hey, so what's, you know, our, our counselors or I would talk to them and say, hey, you know, what, what's going on? What, you know, what brings you in? Why do you want to um, get that work Counselors, what are you talking about? Are you talking, talking about, about customers? Member, I'm talking about uh, selling fitness. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. 
So people you, don't know what you're talking about. Okay. So when you, you would talk, worked in fitness, yeah, people when, would come into the gym. And when they were coming the to the gym, you would talk to them. Yes. Okay. Try to sell them personal training. Not so much, whatever, selling them anything, just a membership, to, a membership, mm-hmm. personal training. And so often you would see people that were you, visibly, you knew that they were out of shape. Mm-hmm. They were not healthy. Mm-hmm. Tell you, oh, I just want to start exercising more. Mm-hmm. I just, and so they, there's this shame wall that's up. Yep. You know, shout out to Bre- Brene Brown for saving my life. <laughs> How shame, did Brene Brown uh, save your life? Well, I think I, reading Brene Brown's book. Um, Eddie is so attracted to Brene Brown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, but she talks about vulnerability. Like yeah. she made it a vulnerability mm-hmm. a study, shame a study. Right. And I didn't realize that how powerful shame was. Like people hiding behind the fact mm-hmm. that they know that they're out of shape. They know that they're overweight, mm-hmm. yet they will never tell someone to their face that, hey, yeah, I'm out of shape and I'm mm-hmm. overweight and I need help. Right. Like that that ability to kind of like be vulnerable is the only time you're going to see progress in in weight loss journey. Right. Right. It's just like anything else. Like with me, with money, Mm -hmm. it was, I remember we were at some conference and I turned to you and I said, I'm not good with money. I have a tough time talking about Mm -hmm. money because I don't, I'm not good at it. And I want to be good at it for you. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about it, shame wraps me up in in a blanket. Right. And until I could be vulnerable, Mm -hmm. it was hard to take action for yep. whatever reason, mm-hmm. right? And that reason is because of the fact that you haven't faced the very thing that you struggle right. with. Right. So you got vulnerable down to the studs. Got to get down to the studs. And we replaced some of the studs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the, the same thing, the belief system around money, mm-hmm. those studs needed to be replaced. Right. And so I think it's just, I just wanted to point that out because I think there's so many people who are listening that may be struggling with their weight. The reality is, are you hiding in shame of your weight? Mm-hmm. Are you hiding in shame for the, your finances? Are you hiding behind shame when it comes to the very important things in your life? Or are you being fully exposed? So I think that's what I was going to say earlier on in the conversation when I lost my thought. But you were talking about, we started talking about taking responsibility for the things in your life that you feel are not favorable or not the way that you want them to be. And I think you would agree. I'm like really big on not making things my fault, but they're my responsibility. Like Mm -hmm. what role did we play in this? I say that a lot, right? And I think there's a fine line for people that are starting this journey of personal development where when we tell you to ask questions of yourself, like why am I in a financial situation? Why am I struggling and I'm 40 pounds overweight and can't stay committed to a diet? Why do I say I want to start a business, but I, I'm stuck and hiding behind things? I think it's important for you to kind of assess the situation and take responsibility without the shame and the guilt, mm-hmm. right? So for me, I can remove the shame and the guilt and I just have this epiphany and just go, shit, I just got to do better. <laughs> I, I just do. like. Yeah. If I see, like, I've wanted a Range Rover for a really long time. And then the last two years, I was like, I don't want to waste my money on that. I'd rather redo my house or buy another piece of property, right? But I remember when I really wanted a Range Rover, I would get in the habit of, I I remember one time this, like, really attractive woman pulled up and she had a Range Rover. And I thought to myself, must be nice. You know, did she get married to someone with money? Whatever. Did she come from privilege? (laughs) But then I quickly asked myself, why am I hating on her? Well, again, you're triggered because it's something you want. But what are you doing to get that, right? Yeah. 
So then I started getting in the habit of really recognizing and cheering other people on when I saw them in Range Rovers. Because mm-hmm. I was like, yes, you did that. I love that. Well, that means it's available for me too. I just have to show up differently. Right. And so I really want you to walk away from this podcast with that. Like if there's something that's burning you or triggering you, it's because you're not showing up to your full potential, period. Yeah. There's no need for shame. There's no need for you to put yourself down. Today's the day for you to say, shit, I just got to do different shit. Like, oh, this is available. You mean I could be a bodybuilder? Yes, you can, sis, even if you're 50 pounds overweight. (laughs) But I hope you guys caught what Janelle just said. Like, you got to approach, like, some of those ill thoughts that you have, like a scientist. Mm -hmm. What is making me feel this way? Mm -hmm. What is it about that car, about that person that made me think that thought? Right. Like, and And you do that investigation. Yeah. Yeah, you do that investigation and you find out, okay. Oh, I'm the problem. Yeah. It it usually turns back onto you. But the key thing I want people to realize is the way it turns into shame is when you start to identify it as that. Right. You start to do when you have I'm a poverty. I'm not good at right. this. Right. I'm not good at fitness. I'm not good at diets. Oh, I don't have willpower. Right. Uh, I don't have the motivation. I don't, you know, know how to really manage my money. I don't make enough. Right. I don't. All of that stuff is like not going to help the you. The deadly thing is when you say I am. Right? I am a you're poor claiming person. It. I am a person that is a temporary it. thing. Uh, I am lazy. Like all those things. You start to identify, and that gets to the, this course of that gets to, the, to your core. Yeah, sis, you need a remodel. Yeah. If that shit's in your core, you have termite infestion. Infest, Absolutely. Infestion? In, infestation. Infestation. What? Infestion? What is yeah. that? But the key thing is to realize that that behavior can be remodeled, just like our house. Yep. Our house has full of potential. It's only limited to our imagination. And our money. And our, <laughs> and our money. But it's really only limited to our imagination, mm-hmm. what we can do. And I think that the key thing is understanding that the house can be more than what we what we ever imagined if we focused on it, if we replace the studs that need to be replaced, if we're willing to fully expose it so we get it down to its bare bones and we can rebuild and make it great. Here's the last thing I want to say about a house remodel that is very much in alignment with your transformation. Just like this house had an ugly uh, fireplace, a shitty kitchen with terrible tile, two bathrooms that were stuck in the 70s, just like it wasn't aesthetically appealing, it gave us so much joy. Mm. We have had so many family gatherings. We've watched our kids grow up here. So you can't really completely tear down the structure without realizing what it gave you. Yeah. That has something to do with your body, right? Mm -hmm. Just like, yes, you need to lose 40 pounds. Look at all of the wonderful days that body has helped you enjoy life. Yeah. Just like you suck at your finances. We sucked at our finances in 2009. Look at all of the money that God blessed us with. Look at all of the opportunity for the jobs that we had. Even if we lost them, it didn't matter because we were blessed in that moment with something that we could have never had, right? So I want to leave you on that note. Remember, this isn't about shame. This isn't about uh, anything other than vulnerability and potential. Yeah. Look at your studs, figure out what studs <laughs> need to be replaced, get fully exposed and vulnerable, 
and just ask yourself how you can slowly start to rebuild while being extremely thankful for what the fuck you have right now. Right. I cannot say that enough, right? And lastly, everyone... Almost everyone that's messaging me back calling or following my stories, watching the house, they're like, oh, my God, that's stressful. I'm like, "Mm, sis, no, it's not. You know how long I prayed for this? People are like, oh, that's going to take way longer than, (laughs) you know, they said. Well, it might, but I'm going to force myself to enjoy every moment of it, right? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you. Oh, it's going to be so dusty. You know what it is? And I'm going to remember this dust because I prayed for this. Yeah. And, you know, it was the last thing I'll say is, is so interesting because I hope I hope people catch this. Like this is a re- really long metaphor, but I think it works when we want to do something. Gil is our, our contractor. I, I was going to say who it was. <laughs> Jesus. Well, this you context. always start stories, honey, <laughs> and I never know what the hell you're talking just about. Just follow along with me. OK, yeah. be on my wavelength. Go I was ahead. just like, Gil, mm-hmm. our, our contractor. OK, we'll say, hey, we want to do this. And he'll say, OK, well, we got to see what it looks like. Like we need to see what's underneath it, uh-huh. right? So you got this old stuff. You're sitting right now. You're listening to the push pike. You got these old thoughts. You got these old behaviors. You got all these things that you've done in the past that you you give more reverence than you do the potential future you mm-hmm. have, right? And then all of a sudden you want to make a change. Like Let's you say, sis, you can't take make a change until you see what's under because you might got water damage. Right. right? You may have some. Can like- I just tell you both <laughs> of the bathrooms we remodeled as soon as they gutted them, they were like, oh, yeah, this floor has major water damage. You got to gut it down. Yep. We needed Balls. a new floor, <laughs> new foundation. Literally in the last bathroom, you guys, we looked at it and Eddie goes, son of a bitch. We would have been like in the shower next Thursday and that shit would have just fallen straight through. We would have fell down to the like foundation of the house if we wouldn't have done this right now. Oh my God. But you know what? And this will be another episode. If you don't take care of that water damage, if you don't, you will get a disturbance. And mm-hmm. that it, it, and we it, are not talking about floor remodels. No, we're not talking we're about, floor, talking about your ass yeah, remodel. Your your life will be rocked because of the damage that you're not taking care of. You got a leaky faucet. You got a leaky shower, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you have no idea. And we talked about this in the last podcast. Um, the guy Fabian from Casca's yeah. Family Glass, right? He said, you know, I had two heart attacks by the time I was 31. I hope he doesn't mind us sharing this story. He was pretty open (laughs) about it. Um, But he said he had two heart attacks. And all I could think of was, bro, I hope you do meditation. I hope you live a real Zen-like life. And I hope you are not doing any of the things that you were doing prior to to having a, you know, heart attack, two heart attacks before you were 31. I got to ask you, how many heart attacks would it take you to change? Uh, fucking zero. <laughs> I just needed to hear his story and I'm already changed. I had to but tell it, I you mean, that story served me. I was but like, he's Ooh. a nice guy, smart, like Super a smart guy, smart. he's got his own mm-hmm. business. Yep. And it required two heart attacks for him to like make a radical change. And here's the thing, I don't know if that even got him. <laughs> I was like, wait, do you have kids? Like I wanted to dive into his brain. Did you see me? I was like, yeah. wait, do you have kids? He goes, Yeah, daughter. <gasps> How old is she? 11. Oh God, she needs you. Yeah. Like I was like pleading for him to never do anything that he and had done. You know done me, if I had that. a heart attack, I would be you. you oh would, yeah. You'd I would be <laughs> fucking Buddha outside yeah. levitating on the <laughs> pool water. Like, what is he doing? He's been meditating for four hours. He does this every day. <laughs> he said, I am not He's having trying, another heart attack. He's trying to slow his heart beat down. <laughs> Fun fact. And then we're going to let you guys go. Jordan has a stethoscope. <laughs> 
And the other day, well, wait, this was Sunday morning. She comes up to me and I'm sitting in my chair and she she's standing over me. And so I hug her and I put my chest on her like I put my ear on her chest and her heart was racing. <laughs> and I was like, Did, are you having an, an she, her asthma heart was attack being like or a what? And she goes, what? I said, your heart is so fast, honey. What's It's like struggling. And she's like, what, mom? What? And I go, it's so fast. Here, listen to mine and see if it's that fast. So she listened to mine. And she's like, I mean, I don't think so. So we started making the noise. Da-da, 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 da-da. Jordan's was like, da-da, 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 da-da. Yeah, it was like galloping. It was like galloping, right? And I go, Jordan, your beats are way too fast, right? So she goes, oh, I have a stethoscope. Let's listen to dad's. So she goes and gets the stethoscope and we cannot find Eddie's heartbeat, you guys, <laughs> like at all. And we're like looking at each other with the stethoscope on and I'm like, is he dead? I don't even know what's happening. So then I pulled off the stethoscope. I put my my uh, face to his chest and I could, it's going like this. Da-da. Da-da. <laughs> Da-da. I'm like, honey, yo, your heart is broken. What in the hell? I have a very slow heart. Well, shit. I was like, I. so then that night, I, you went to bed and I was like, Lord, please let his heart just like not stop. It, it probably gets slower when you're sleeping. I'm going to need for you to talk to when your When I have heart. my Apple Watch on, sometimes I look at it and it'll say 47 beats per minute. I'm yeah, like, when we work out together, like my resting heart rate's like 89 beats yeah. per and yours is like 40 something. <laughs> yes. Your heart's working half the pace as mine. I, I, I just tell myself, you only get a certain amount of beats in your lifetime. So Yeah, when we're going <laughs> up a hill, like on a bike or something and I'm working at max capacity, my heart rate's like 168. <laughs> 180 Eddie's like at a solid 98 it makes no sense to me anyways I hope this episode yeah. served you guys as always please take the time to just leave a really quick 30 second review for us here on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast we love hearing from you and we hope that this episode served you in so many ways yeah thank you so much for listening we'll talk to you soon and push through Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time push through <laughs>